Greetings and welcome to Old School Company. I'm Dr. Clark along with the Cowboy. We're getting ready to do a little thinking out loud. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like really, 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 really excited on this day. Got a little topic. Hey, a lot of folks stopped me in different uh, shopping centers and Walmarts and different places and asking about this this virtual learning that the students have been on and uh, since we've been back in school and in person, but now you got another little rise in the in the COVID-19 variants and Omicron and different variants going on and some of the uh, students are back at home doing things online and some out for five days doing things online and all this virtual learning and a lot of parents asked me about it and two terms came up that they really wanted me to say a little something about and I said, look, this is what I'll do. I'll do a little something today on the virtual learning and then give you some tips there, try to give you some insight to what the teachers, the educators are doing with your child online and hopefully give you a few tools to help you get in there and be able to help your your, your child even even better. Our children are very, very smart. They they do understand technology. A lot of times they know it better than, than some of us as adults. And we just, it's okay. It's okay. But uh, as a parent, you want to know what's going on, what's happening, how is my student learning, what is my student learning, uh, why are they learning this? And those are questions, good questions that you ought to be asking all the time, the what and the why. And as you look at this virtual learning, I'm going to try to put it all together in some real practical everyday terms. And it is one it is one method of delivery for teaching, okay? And let's do it like this. The virtual learning strategies, uh, let's, let's, I'm going to break it down like this. Asynchronous, some people ask me about this, you know, what is that? Uh, this type of learning, I said, asynchronous learning describes learning that does not occur in the same place or at the same time with the teacher. Uh, a recorded lesson, sometimes your, your child is looking at a recorded lesson, yours child's teacher's not actually right there in real time, okay? That's that asynchronous learning. That's what we're, as an example right there, what we're talking about. The, the teacher prepares the lesson materials in advance for students to access the lesson content, and the students can access and complete the assignments and learn within a flexible time frame. They have a little time to get it done, which, which within reason. Sometimes teachers will give you a little bit more time, but the main thing about this is where the student has to really go ahead on and get on the assignment and don't procrastinate. Just go ahead on and get into it and let's get it done. And some methods of asynchronous virtual learning include self-guided lesson modules. You see the little modules and the language that the kids are talking about. They've got to get this module completed. They've got to get this module done. They've got to have this module submitted. All right. So sometimes it's just a module for them to view. All right. Read over. And uh, then I have a few questions or something to go with it. Different type of formats, all right? Also, in this asynchronous virtual learning, it includes streaming video content. Uh, they may have another link on there they have to go to the click on to look at some video content. The virtual text, they're just simply reading off the screen. And posted lesson notes, different things there. And a lot of teachers are very, very creative and getting those posted notes out there, little messages out there, little readings. But they still have to be able to actually read the information in order to go further in this process. Asynchronous uh, learning can also include student interactions across discussion boards, 
Sometimes teachers will put discussion boards up there where all of the students can can kind of give their comments on things. That's why it's a discussion board. Our social media platforms, all right, they may have some further instructions, but they need to go to another area in this technology and this virtual learning experience. And then you got the synchronous learning, all right? The synchronous learning happens in real time. That's when it's a webcam, uh, the streaming going on, and the teacher is actually right there in front of the student in real, real time so they can uh, talk back and forth to each other. In other words, they get a chance to interact with each other, all right? Those are the biggest difference right there. This is real time. It's synchronous learning. It's real time. And this means that the teaching student interact in a specific virtual place through a specific medium at the same time. And methods of synchronous learning include that video conferencing. You can have more than one student only had a whole class on there at one time. If you want to, teleconferencing, live chatting back and forth, and live streaming instruction. They actually can give the instruction in real time. And once again, I'd like to welcome you to Old School Company. I'm Dr. Clark along here with the Cowboys Always Audio Engineering. And sometimes he'll just want to sit back and uh, not say anything. He just pick different topics. He might want to just jump in on. But we call it thinking out loud. Just we pick up things out of the conversation. People stop and asking about this, this, that, and all those kind of things. So we say, you know what, let's just do a little old school company. And we just pick different topics to share. And today, just happened to pick this one on virtual learning because it had a lot of parents and different people, you know, talking about this uh, COVID-19 and different variants out there and the students having to be out of school for a certain amount of time, maybe five days now as the quarantine and how to get back going with the virtual learning if and when their child happens to be back in that position again. And we do know that some students uh, in virtual learning uh, for other reasons other than the COVID-19 Omicron variants, all right? So just giving you some tips, some insights into what teachers do in preparing to help the learning experience be uh, engaging, to enhance the learning experience for your child to make it more effective. There's a lot that goes into it, whether they're using the asynchronous uh, virtual learning or they're doing the synchronous virtual learning. Anyway, it goes, the teachers are putting in a lot of effort, a lot of time to connect with the child, to reach the child, to teach the child. And I'm just going to show you some of the virtual learning strategies that teachers, educators are using right now, right? but not limited to. Uh, the lesson objectives are communicating and aligned to the standards, and that is what the student is supposed to be learning with each lesson. There's a standard there for that and objectives. All right? There's also, and during this alignment with... Uh, different documents, maybe different videos to support that standard objective to communicate that. They also, teachers are listing and sharing success criteria associated with objectives. And then teachers are also, educators are also referencing an objective and success criteria throughout the lesson. In other words, it looks like this, presentation documents, uh, such as PowerPoints and videos, assignments and rubrics, different things like that. If you look on the screen with your uh, child, you'll see that they're looking at PowerPoints, they're looking at videos, they're looking at assignments, looking at rubrics, and rubrics establish the criteria that the student needs to meet on this particular lesson with these standards and these objectives, these learner outcomes, 
What is the student learning and why are they learning it? All right. And then educators are also using success criteria to assess student work and provide feedback to ask students to use success criteria for self-assessment before submitting student work. So a lot of times teachers give rubrics for the students to do a little self-assessment. You just kind of look at your work yourself before you fully submit it and turn it in and say, okay, where am I on this? Where am I on this? And you have real good, and when you have real good rubrics, real good tools to do that, that is a very beneficial technique, that self-assessment, and it also gives the students some immediate feedback, all right? And it lets the students know about the criteria and what is expected of them, and it helps the teacher also because they can always go back to the rubric and say, okay, here is where we started from. Here's where we want to be. If you want to make an A, this is what you need to do. If you want to make a B, here's what you need to do. If you want to make a C, here's what you need to do. All right? If you miss something along the way, get some feedback there. And sometimes teachers even get an opportunity to go back and uh, rework the assignment or test sometimes. But everybody has their own way of doing that right there. That's a whole other topic. But anyway, in this virtual learning, I'm just giving you some virtual learning strategies that teachers, educators are using so that you can have a little bit more insight as a parent, adult, a person wanting to help your child and also to help the student. The student can listen in on this as well and say, okay, this is why, this is what they're doing. This is why they're doing it, all right? Use formative and summative checks to determine mastery of objectives, such as a quiz, written responses, discussion boards, and posts. I'm not really a really big person on quizzes, but uh, the written responses, I do like students to simply just give me uh, some feedback, uh, just give me a bullet point, give me a short phrase on something, uh, not necessarily where we have to just quiz and grade everything. I just want to get some feedback on what's happening. And the discussion boards are very, very good. Just getting some different comments and let students see each other's comments and just just get, as I say, discussion. All right. So that's in the area of standards and objectives. And then I'm going to address another area, and that is motivating students some of the virtual learning strategies that educators, teachers use to motivate students. Because a lot of times, all of us are just really not off into the virtual learning, but because we've been placed in that situation, that we have to get motivated. So got to make sure that our students are motivated and teachers do their very, very best to motivate students. So here are some strategies that teachers are using so that you'll know as a parent and the student can know as well what and why some of these strategies are in place. One, you can create clearly labeled documents and our folders that signal or mark the order and flow of the lesson, how the order is, how the, the order of the lesson, how the lesson is going to unfold, all right, in sequence, because there's a pattern there, there's a pace there, there's some structure there. Uh, it's going somewhere, okay? Activate personal connection by modeling your own connection to learning and narrative. Think aloud and asking the students to do the same. Kind of think it through as you go through the lesson. Do a little think aloud, like this show is all about thinking out loud. And then just sharing what's on your mind. Not so much concerned about uh, what's right or wrong, but just having a little discussion, getting some things out there, uh, and entertaining different points of view on it, all right? Engaging in some conversation. And then insert some meaningful and relevant key questions and wondering at various places in the flow of the lesson. You may see where the teacher has some essential questions for the student to, to answer in this virtual environment along the way. Then generate interest in the upcoming lesson topic. Survey students prior to the lesson about what they already know about the subject. Give a pre-assessment. Send a link to a video to spark questions. So sometimes 
That is a process that you see. And I'm just trying to expose you to some of the things that you see and you wonder why and what the students are doing, what and why the students are doing. And this is why to motivate the student. All right. Include opportunities for student choice, giving students a choice in uh, different topics that they want to do that, that line up with the standards and objectives of that lesson. All right. Then include opportunities for students to share work publicly. Yeah, just to show your work. And then to reinforce students for participation by adding to the chat out of the discussion board. Just getting that in there, getting that out there. And then offering some, some praise. But my thing about praise is to make sure that it's genuine and don't just say good job, good job, good job. And uh, just nice comment, all those great thoughts, provoking questions and everything. All those terms are good and everything. Just don't overuse it. But when you, I want the parents to understand when they do see those right there. That's what the teachers are doing. They're giving out some praise. They wanted to motivate the, the student for the work that they're doing and to keep them on task and to keep them going for the future. And uh, you might hear see a comment like, great thought-provoking question. Uh, let's discuss in our synchronous time this week, all right? And then include questions that require students to make connections between the content and current socio-political ideas within the community globally, such as through discussion boards and chatting. Again, I've just given you some examples, not uh, just everything that you can possibly do, but some of the things that you will see teachers, educators doing with your student. I wanted to address that what and the why the standards and objectives and the motivating students on old school company on this particular day. I want to give out some, some love to our sponsor, Mr. Paul Reeves and that's R E A B E S. Mr. Paul Reeves. We appreciate him for sponsoring us. You can also go to weprogresstogether.com If you want some more information on him, he's an author, uh, just financial manager, all these things right here. If you just go there, you get some more information on Mr. Paul Reeves. He also has two books out, The Credit Repair Handbook, even if your credit is excellent. He'll show you how to utilize that credit and how to make that credit work for you. Uh, get interest rates down. Also, he has a book on insurance secrets, uh, uh, unrevealed insurance secrets. You really, really, really need to get both of those, but definitely, definitely tune in to it. I'm telling you, save you some money right off the bat. Just go to Amazon or any book outlet, type in Arthur Paul Reeves, R-E-A-V-E-S. The insurance book is going to come up. The credit handbook is going to come up. You're going to get some valuable information to help you in your daily, daily living. It's another beautiful day, and as always, life is good. You just have to have something to compare it to.